time, energy, dollars, our currency that we exchange. Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one-size-fits-all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Hey there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of the Found Podcast with Molly Knuth. In today's episode, I'm going to ask you a really important question, and it's one that I don't think we as entrepreneurs ask ourselves enough. In all of the things that you have on your to-do list or your task list for today or for the week or for the month, how many of those things that you have listed are you doing just to do? Where are you just in motion? And how many of those tasks and to-dos actually move the needle forward for your business. Our intention today is to identify where we are pursuing motion, keeping ourselves busy, making ourselves feel like we're accomplishing something, versus those actions that we have that will enhance our trajectory forward, get us closer to our goals, move the bottom line, and actually make a difference and where we are hoping to go with the business itself. I have a little story for you. Now, if you've been here for a while, you know that one of my all-time favorite female-owned businesses is Sweat Inspire Sisterhood. My friend Erica is the coach of Sweat Inspire Sisterhood and founder, and back in 2016, she set out to provide a platform for women all over the United States so that they could conveniently and consistently access online workouts that they could complete from home with just a set of dumbbells, a step stool, and if they wanted some additional equipment. But over the years, she was able to grow her business and create her own app, add and welcome over 500, 600 women at times to her program. And in addition to just daily workouts, Erica also started adding in nutrition supports like grocery lists and healthy recipes and weekly meal plans. And then in the late 2010s, she created this course called Drop 10. And the original concept of it, I was in the beta group testing it out, was a five-week program where you were promised to lose 10 pounds or 10 inches if you followed Coach Erica's structured system. And so I took it the first time and then I went back in and I took it right away after because I saw amazing results when I followed her program. And over the course of that first five-week program, I lost the 10 pounds and it was like life-changing and I'm not even exaggerating that. 
And then I did it again and I had the same results. I got another 10 pounds. Now, it was so life-changing and I gave her all the positive feedback in the world because I was like, what you're doing is not just helping me shed inches and weight. It's helping me gain energy and confidence and really building up my self-worth and self-value. And so Erica pursued like not just my feedback, but the feedback of other women who I was taking the program with at both of those times. And she created from that five-week beta test a larger, more comprehensive nutrition education program. And she called it Drop 10 Success School. And Drop 10 Success School was a 12-week program that was presented in three phases. Phase one was the preparation phase. Phase two was the implementation phase. And then phase three was the maintenance phase and how you carried it forward. And when I completed that first iteration of the 12-week Drop 10 Success School, I love her program. Like if you want to know more about it, just send me a DM. But when I completed that first iteration of the 12-week program of Drop 10, I again saw a 10-pound weight loss. And I did all of the things that she suggested. I followed the program to a T. And so I took a break from the Drop 10 and then like, A little while later, I signed up again when she was offering the success school. And I did all the things that I did to prepare myself just as I had the other times that I took the program. I printed off all of the supplementary materials and resources. I put them into a fancy binder. I used page protectors. I completed the journal prompts. I got the healthy groceries from the grocery store. I meal prepped so much that first Sunday of the program. And I really did everything I could to set myself up for success in phase one. And then the wheels kind of fell off and I didn't hit my goals that round. Now we'll come back to this at the end of today's episode and we'll talk about what was the difference between the two, the two times when I took drop 10. Was it the difference like those first iterations where I was quote unquote successful versus that next one where I wasn't? What was the difference there? And we might chalk it up to just like simply not having the willpower. Maybe I just wasn't as motivated. Maybe we chalk it up to grit. Maybe I just didn't have what it takes, even though I know I did because I had completed it successfully in the past. Maybe I just couldn't persevere. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Now, When we look at the goals that we set for ourselves, whether they are fitness related, whether they are aimed toward getting ourselves more organized, maybe they're aimed at being more productive or efficient or having a goal in our marketing or in our sales, we set these goals and then we often plan how to get them. We might break that goal into chunks. We might like just break it up as a simple math equation by time. But one thing that we often forget is that pursuit of a goal isn't just in managing the mile markers to get us to that end result. Getting ourselves to a goal requires an awful lot of human behavior and brain neurology. A book that I picked up a couple of years ago that I come back to again and again is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And one of the quotes that stands out the most to me from his book is 
that we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of the systems we put in place as we reach for those goals. So what we don't necessarily need to do is change the goal if it's hard for us to achieve. What we need to do is change the structure of the systems we have in place to support the pursuit. All right, stay with me here. If you have a goal, for example, to run a marathon, I have a lot of fitness-related ones. I shouldn't change up my approach. But if we have a goal to run a marathon, right, we might put together a training plan. We might get ourselves a new pair of running shoes. We might get new shorts or running pants. We might sign up for a 5K. We might sign up for a 10K and then a half to get us to the full marathon. All of that is really great, but none of that helps us get to marathon running level because none of that involved actually feet to pavement, putting the miles in, and doing the work. So in order for us to reach goals, it's not just about the preparation and breaking it down into achievable chunks. It's putting systems in place to support the pursuit. So we might need to change our physical environment. Maybe for that marathon example, we need to actually physically put the shoes on and take ourselves outside and start that run. Maybe we need to change our social environment. So maybe we need to put ourselves in running groups. Maybe we need to get a running accountability buddy so that we are held accountable to the practice and the action of the goal itself. Maybe we need to change the habits that we have. In Atomic Habits, James Clear talks a lot about habit stacking. And so it's something like setting out our running clothes the night before. It's scheduling out a block of our day where that is dedicated to running. And then we actually get out there and do it. It's making sure that while we're brushing our teeth, maybe that habit stack is running in place and getting our body warmed up and doing these things over time so that we can build up the belief in ourselves. We can build up the stamina. We can build up the motivation and that we have got what it takes. And then the last thing that Clear suggests about developing systems in support of your goals is knowing what works best for you. Each of us are uniquely wired to be predisposed to certain things and avoidant of others or just like naturally gifted at some things and naturally ungifted at other things. But if we set a goal to run a marathon, yet we have never run a day in our lives, you know, maybe we have a little bit bigger of a hurdle to cross and we need to account for that because that's who we are. And so for me, that looks like really knowing my human design and or my Enneagram. And so I know like, what are those natural gifts that I have? What are those roadblocks that are going to pop up? Not because of environmental factors or things that happen in my family, but because it's just the way that I'm wired and I need to know that going into it so I can build systems that help me. So in the example of this marathon runner, how might that marathon runner achieve that 26.2 miles? It's not all in a plan, in a perfect run roadmap. It's in doing actions and then building out those systems to help get to the action. I hope I'm explaining this okay. Now, the other thing about having systems that it's not just to get us into action, but it's to provide motivation. As we complete some of these smaller things, like 
setting out our run clothes and then actually putting them on the next morning and then actually running while we're brushing our teeth and then actually getting outside and meeting up with our run buddy and crossing off that first mile of our run plan. That's building up that self-confidence a little bit at a time. That's helping us to prove to ourselves that we are trustworthy and that we do what we say we're going to do. It's helping us build up that resilience. It's helping us build up that motivation and self-belief that we can do the damn thing that we're setting out to do in the first place. And all of that brings up our energy level. If you've been listening here for a while, you know that I love energetics. And there is this concept of an energy ladder. If you've attended an MKM workshop in the past, you've seen this graphic before. But I learned it from a course that I was in with Susie Holman back in 2022. But the range of human emotions are on a vibrational ladder. So like can be like really felt in waves. So like when you're experiencing the emotion of joy, you're like your frequency is higher. You're just like buzzing with excitement, right? Now compare joy to like neutrality. Even just saying the words, I can feel the difference in my body. Like when I'm joy, I'm like in my face, in my headspace. When I say neutral, I can feel like a settling in my chest. And then if I think about the word sad or I think about the word shame or I think about the word embarrassment, those feelings are farther down the vibrational ladder. And as we build these systems, as we build these structures to help us pursue goals, as we continuously pursue and build momentum by doing some of these smaller habits and building them into just who we are, we're building up that belief. We're taking ourselves up that vibrational ladder. We're experiencing confidence. We're seeing progress. We're feeling excitement. We're feeling motivation and joy. And those are all high vibration, which begets more high vibration energy. Now, the converse of that is if we set ourselves a goal and we don't hit that goal because we didn't have the systems in place, we can start to doubt. We can start to feel shame. We can start to feel overwhelmed or frustrated or annoyed. And that brings us down that energy ladder. And that can then hinder our results even further. So why do I talk about all of these examples? Why do I talk about human behavior and changing physical environment, social environment, building habits, selecting strategies that fit you? Because what I see, especially right now in the online space for business owners, are a lot of people that are promoting a lot of different things. I'm included in that, right? I've had workshops and I've had programs available in recent months. But a lot of the messaging that I'm seeing around these programs and the marketing of them is messaging about how you need to learn more, you need to do more, you need to pursue more, you need another certification, and then you will be quote unquote enough. But a lot of those things are hinging on the fact that it's putting you into motion, not necessarily getting you into action. So taking lots of programs can just simply be you in motion. You feel like you're doing a lot of things in your learning, but without the action of implementing those learnings, we're actually just moving and not moving the needle for the business. Motion in business can look like signing up to get another certification. Action in business is saying, how will this certification enable me to serve people better? How will this certification make me more money? 
How will this certification allow me to practice in a way that I can't right now? Because some certifications do allow for that and other certifications just give you things to do without necessarily moving you forward. Motion in a business can look like creating the world's most gorgeous social media content calendar. But it is only motion if you don't actually push publish on the post, if you don't actually film that reel, if you don't actually take that picture or risk that thought that you just want to share, but now you're second guessing yourself and you're like, oh no, everybody in town's going to see it and then they're going to ask me about it and judge me for it. So you just stay in motion and you're like, I'll just plan it better next time. That's just motion. It's just keeping you busy, but it's not actually moving you any closer to what you ultimately want to do and who you ultimately want to serve with your business's products and services. Motion can look like purchasing podcast equipment and letting it sit on your desk for a year. Hello, I've been there. Motion can look like listening to podcast after podcast after podcast, thinking that helps you grow as a business owner. But action looks like using that information from the podcast to do something different than what you've already done so you can get a different result than you've already had. Now, all of this sounds so simple, right? It sounds like common sense, but really it's not. Because sometimes, like at Thanksgiving dinner, our eyes are bigger than our bellies. Or in this case, as business owners, we feel like we have the capacity of time, energy, and dollars to pursue all of these things. But in reality, all three of those, time, energy, dollars, are currency that we exchange. Now, I'll give you an example for a second, but I feel like this is a relatable example for a lot of us as small town service providers. And it's going to really sound like the, um, what's that story from long ago about the shoemaker's children? Um, So a lot of times in my business, I feel like I am taking such big action, whether on behalf of my business or on behalf of my clients, because we are constantly ideating content concepts, putting them into a plan, drafting captions, creating graphics, designing posts, and scheduling them out. And all of that looks like it's action, like it's really moving the needle. But that in and of itself isn't necessarily action. When I'm creating social media posts for a client, we can really easily dip into that motion just for motion's sake. For example, let's say that we are building out content and we're spending so much time proofreading, okay? I'm not, I'm a former English teacher, you guys. So here I am. I'm really, really, really saying grammar and spelling and capitalization makes a big difference. But also, we can't spend an hour proofing and editing a social media post because that one hour can maybe even be longer than the post is out there on the algorithm, you know? So we want to make sure that what we are doing, how we are spending our time, our energy, and our dollars is getting us a return. And on social media, if we're spending all of this motion and energy on editing and proofreading, that might feel like we are doing something and making a difference. But in the long run, Your clients who come across you on social media aren't going to, it's not going to make or break their purchasing decisions if you missed a comma. Let's be real. Now, 
the same thing applies to me as a business owner. Like I might think that over delivering time and time again for my clients and like just saying, yep, I'll do that. Yes, let's do another post. Sure, we can do that. I can feel like sometimes that is me being a needle mover. That is taking action on behalf of my business. But in truth, sometimes that's just motion because that is not helping me get like any of my own personal business goals done. It's helping advance my client's business goals if I have those posts aligned in a way that leads to sales and leads to awareness or the objective that they have in mind. But for my business, a lot of the like content development on behalf of my clients is motion. And then action for me looks like creating a workshop. It looks like asking that client for feedback. It looks like asking for a referral. It looks like um, helping to upsell someone from a regular program membership into a VIP experience. And so sometimes this is a really gray area. And I, I feel like, especially for service providers, we live in that world of gray so that it's hard to distinguish between motion and action. But motion are those those repeatable things that we do. And sometimes we question why we're even doing this anyway and what is it really going to help us result in the long run. Action is where I can say, okay, I'm taking this activity. I'm taking this action because I know it will allow me to blank. I know I am spending time to put this program on my website because that allows me to sell the program and receive spots. I know that I am building an extra post for this client because it is helping them sell tickets for their program, which in return will help them sell seats and it will help them be confident in my services. Motion can look like I'm building another post for my clients um, about what it looks like when they put up their Christmas decorations, which is cute and it will spur on engagement, but it might not move the needle in a meaningful way. So that's kind of how I break it up by motion versus action. And sometimes you do have motion. Not everything you do all day long is meant to be a needle mover, but we want to have a good balance. We want to not just be doing things for doing's sake all the time. We want to make sure that we are intentional and we are reviewing our task list and our to-dos so that things are pursued and checked off in a way that makes us feel like we are making progress, that we are getting momentum, and we are ultimately moving ourselves and our business forward. What I've tried to do lately is spend at least one day a week where I can be in this active reflection so that I can look at my task list, I can look at my schedule, I can assess how I'm feeling, and I can really critically look at how I am spending my currencies. Where is my time going? Where is my energy going? Where are my dollars going? Where does that feel really good? And where does it feel like maybe we're encountering some resistance? And then I kind of go through the next few steps. So when I notice that I am really balanced out where I feel like motion and action are pretty balanced, it feels pretty good, then I just move about. Now, if I look at this process, if I'm actively reflecting and I feel a lot of frustration, if I feel a lot of resentment, if I feel like I am working too much and not resting enough, then I go through the following steps. Now, some of these are healthy, some of them are not, but I will call myself out where it's needed. 
So what works for me when I notice that I'm more in motion than in action? Number one, my natural inclination, and again, I know myself as my human design and my Enneagram, my natural inclination is I hustle harder. And this is not healthy, so don't do this. But my natural inclination is if I notice that I feel like things are out of alignment, if I feel like I'm not making enough progress, then my my natural response is to say, well, I guess I just have to work harder. I just need to do more. And so I'll add things onto my plate for a quick cash injection, or I'll like try to go above and beyond and raise the bar on myself and our quality of work or our number of posts or what have you. And I'll hustle, hustle, hustle. But inevitably, I will get to a point of burnout where I will feel like I am super frustrated. I will feel overly emotional. I will just kind of like melt down into the couch on a puddle for two days and then I don't move. I do not recommend this, but at least now I am aware of my natural inclinations and I can notice some of these habits, these bad habits that I had, these cycles of reaction, and I can kind of head them off at the pass and I don't have to fall into the burnout phase that I have done in the past. So if I get into hustle, And I'm like, oh, shoot, Molly, you're hustling. We can't do this. Then I say, okay, I have to move into my next next phase. So when I look at my schedule or I feel my energies out and I say, where is the balance of motion and action? I notice there are inequalities. Then what I do is I get brutally honest about the expectations that I have of myself. I look at my schedule. I look at my to-dos and I ask myself, what can I just cut out? Now, Sanira Madani, who is of CEO school, and she was the founder of Stacks, she has a process that she's talked about, and I think I've referred to it uh, at various podcasts in the past, but she has a process called Do, Delegate, Delete. So she'll look at her task list and she'll say, what of this is mine to own? What must I do? What are some of the things that another person can do? Therefore, I can delegate that out. And what can be deleted? What can I just subtract? Because It's just motion. It's not action that's going to move me forward, and therefore I can just cut it. So Sanira's phases of do, delegate, delete have three stages. I honestly only have two because I have a really hard time with delegation. If I put something on my plate and then I'm like, oh shoot, I can't, I can't do this. I have a really hard time giving it away. So um, I'll either do it myself or I will delete it if it's something that's just motion and not action. So I'm mostly just divided into those two camps. I personally see how I need to do better at delegating. But that's another way that you can go through your task list and you can split out motion versus action. All right, the third thing I do is I revisit my Enneagram and my human design. And I look at where I'm creating unnecessary resistance because I'm just not working in my natural um, abilities. I'm working against how I am built. So for example... As an Enneagram three, I know that I am someone who is really an overachiever. I want to be like seen as infallible. I want to be looked at as somebody who can do all the things and do them well. But I do that at the expense of like my inner feelings and my inner energy levels. And so I know that when I recognize I'm hustling, that's a signal that I need to cut back and I need to delete some things. I also know that as a human design, like my human design is that I have a lot of feminine energy. And so that means allowing things to just flow. I need to be receptive of ideas. I don't always need to be pushing 
and do, 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 go, go, go. I get my best ideas when I make space. I feel the most aligned when I actively rest. And so when I revisit my Enneagram and my human design and remind myself of these things, that's where I can more clearly see, oh, I think I'm taking action, but because I have that Enneagram 3 in me, it's actually just motion. (laughs) And I know that, oh, as a feminine energy, human design, action for me looks like resting. Like I know for some people, and I had a conversation with a client about this recently, like she really does see that sometimes in her mind, rest is laziness. And I'm like, no, rest is an active choice when you are someone who is ambitious and motivated and driven. We have to actively choose rest. And that is an activity for us, especially if we aren't used to that. So I look at the third thing when I'm noticing an imbalance of motion and action is looking at my Enneagram and my human design. Number four, I get an accountability buddy. This is a great, (laughs) this is a great move if you're someone who has a hard time staying accountable to yourself, have check-ins with someone else. So this could be a peer, this could be a coach, this could be a friend or a coworker, but it's someone who you are checking in with regularly and you are reporting to. So you can say, here is what I did today. And they can help you kind of look at it and say, okay, was this motion just keeping you busy? Or was this action that's getting you closer to where you want to be? And the last thing I do is I actually take action. I actually do something. And it might be a risk. It might look stupid. It might only be 70% of what I consider perfect. But at least if I put it out there, I've acted on it. I've done the thing, I did it, and I can learn from the results that happen. So that's what I do when I feel like there's an imbalance for motion and action. My natural inclination, number one, is to hustle, but that's not healthy. Don't recommend it. Number two, I either do things or I delete things that because I do have just fluff that's sometimes in my plans. And if I do it, great. If I don't, it's not going to be an end of a world kind of thing. Number three, I revisit my Enneagram and my human design so I know where I am naturally gifted and where I'm not. And I have to remind myself that it is active. It's an action for me to rest because that will make space and it will help me get new ideas. I get an accountability buddy if needed, and then I actually go take an action. So the first four of these are actually just motion sometimes too. But we all have motion and action available to us. And at different points of our journey, some things are going to look like motion. Some are going to look like action. It's knowing for ourselves what those are and being able to clearly see when we look at our to-do list and all the things that we have listed in our head that's circling around as things we need to get done. We need to be able to say, which of these things are just keeping me busy, but not ultimately getting me anywhere? And which of these things are actually taking me forward? All right, so let's go back to my drop 10 example from the very beginning of this episode. So what was the difference between the times that I did the drop 10 in a successful way, quote unquote, and I reached that goal of 10 pounds, 10 inches? And what about that time that I was unsuccessful where I didn't hit the 10 pound, 10 inches mark? The difference was I took action. In those first examples, I prepared, I planned, I got all my materials, And then I didn't hesitate. I got right into doing the things that the coach laid out for me. I checked in with my accountability buddies. I did my daily habit stacking. I did my weekly habit stacking so that I could set myself up for success. But I didn't just stop at the planning. I didn't just get into motion. 
I actually took action and I prepped the foods that would put me closer to my nutrition goals. I ate the foods that I prepped. I went to the gym when I said I was going to. I logged my food every day. I used the Facebook group as a support tool so I could ask questions and I could hold myself accountable as I posted my daily nutrition log. And so when I did all of those things, it's not a surprise that I hit the goal. But in those times that I didn't hit the goal, it was because at some point along the way, I stopped taking action. And when I stopped taking action, I kind of got lower on that energy ladder. I lost momentum. I started questioning if I was able to do it. And I started falling lower and lower. Whereas on those successful attempts, all of the times that I built those small habits and I took those tiny actions, they built momentum. I saw the progress, which made me want to keep going. And it just created an upward trajectory. So getting into action is the secret sauce. And we can really listen to our energies. We can really prepare. But the secret of success is that the action is going to be what gets you there. Not overaction, not hustle, but that strategic action that actually moves the needle and gets you the results that you want most. Okay, this is my plan. This is my take on it with some information from James Clear, Susie Holman, all those people who I've credited already. But that's what works for me. The beauty of this is that you're someone different. You might be motivated by different things. You might have a different Enneagram than I do. You might have a vastly different human design than I do, but you need to tap into that. And I want you to take action from this episode and get curious about what moves you. What are you doing right now that is motion and how can you get into action? So what I'm going to implore you to do, the homework I'm going to give you is to take an action. Don't just passively move on to the next podcast episode in your playlist. Don't just go about your day as if you never listened. What I want you to do is implement one thing you learned. And if you don't know where to start, head over to Google and search Enneagram test or go to jovianarchive.com and look up your human design. And that can be the action that you took. And just start getting curious about what motivates you, what you're naturally inclined to do and not. And then you can really start to unpack the task list, the expectations you have of yourself, your obligations that you feel like you need to complete, and say, what of this is motion that looks great, but it's just keeping me in the same spot? What is that motion? And then what are the actions that are getting me forward? What are those actions that I may have been avoiding? And what are those actions that I need to start taking in order to get to where I'm ultimately going? If you liked this episode, I would love to hear it. Like seriously, send me a DM or an email. Or if you want to, you can screenshot it, share it to your own socials, send it to a friend, go over to your podcast player of choice and rate and review our show. This really helps us reach even more listeners and I am forever grateful when I see a new review pop up. Thank you so much for listening and happy Thanksgiving to all of you from all of us here at Molly Knuth Media and The Found Podcast. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. 
It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.